Welcome to the Limitless Health Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Tracy Hill. And I'm Jessica Midkiff, doctors of physical therapy and certified master neuro coaches. We have the unique system that puts an end to the start-stop cycle of your health by blending body and brain science to create sustainable, simple success in your body. Our goal is to help you put an end to the frustration and overwhelm in your health with a brain-based system that will transform your body and overall health one thought at a time. Here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Limitless Health podcast with today. It's just Jess. Tracy and the boys are on vacation in Florida, and it looks like it's been an amazing time since they got there. Uh, It was a little sketchy the first day, a little rainy, um, some riptides, but it seems like they are doing well and refreshing and getting some great healing energy there. Um, I am here with a special guest, Dr. Brianne. Fox, who we have had on in the past, not just recently, actually, and we yeah. talked uh, with Tracy and, and uh, Dr. B talked about the health and the different seasons of life. So um, I guess I just wanted to bring Dr. B back because there's so much that resonates between um, how Dr. B talks and how Tracy and I talk. Mm-hmm. And it's just so collaborative in, um, in our works, but definitely different. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to bring you back on and just talk a little bit more about you. And uh, we're we're both physical therapists. We're all physical therapists. Tracy is too. We started, <laughs> yeah. you know, traditional healthcare model. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, how did you get into um, the you know the the health and wellness, the the mind and body wellness space mm-hmm. um, that you are serving massively in right now? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Such a loaded question. <laughs> I know you guys Tell have us like, about you know, yourself, grab your coffee and yeah. your water and we'll do it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, no, I love it. And thank you for having me back. Obviously, as you guys do, we love pouring into, into our community and empowering others. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Oh my um, goodness, Yeah, thank you. So I will kind of condense the backstory. Uh, but basically, you know, I grew up in Arizona and uh, played soccer and then ended up playing division one and semi-professionally um, after college for a couple of years. And then, you know, I'd had some childhood things, right, that had gone on that were, were less than pleasant. And I think soccer had always been my outlet. I didn't know mm-hmm. that at that time, but it, it became my identity. I was Brianne, the soccer player, and I was good at that, right? And I had straight A's. So it was like, oh, you're academically inclined. You're good at soccer. So kind of creating my identity around, like, that's who I was. Yep. So then shortly after college, in uh, just, just during my second year of semi-professional play, um, a teammate of mine, we went up to clear out a corner kick and uh, my foot got landed on by her cleat. And it was a year of just unexplained foot pain, you know, imaging couldn't figure it out. Nobody could figure it out. And so I was trying to still play. So I was in a boot all day long and then take it off and put my cleat on at night. And it was pretty miserable. And still kind of this idea of like, I wasn't yet into a career yet. Here I was like struggling to play the game. That was my outlet. That was my community. And so kind of this like ebb and flow of a year. And then I got the call that I needed surgery. The bone in my foot had died. And um, I just never went back at that level. I just never never did. Um, I tried 
the following summer. I, I wasn't ready in time for tryouts, but during the year they needed some um, additional players. So they'd called me up and it was awful. Like I was awful. Like I was like, oh. <laughs> put your ego aside. This was terrible. Right. So that, that just that awareness of like, this isn't, you've got to figure yeah. something else out. Right. Well, just shortly after the surgery though, um, I was drugged and raped by three men and oh. it was, you know, it was probably within like a month's time frame if I if I did the math. But so not only did I quote unquote lose my career, my sporting career at that level, but now it was like this self-worth just like sucked the life out of me. Like everything that I knew myself as or associated myself as my worth, the confident oh, woman God. that I was was just like gone in a in a night, right? Um yeah. And so, and then a lot of, just a lot of emotion, right? Guilt, shame. Um, I was a failure, like just all the things that could potentially come in as part of that experience flooding in. And then that pattern, that subconscious repatterning of, you know, justifying, you know, what I did wrong, why I deserved it. What, you know, what did I do to, to, um, you know, encourage the, whatever it was, right? And then when I finally filed the police report, which is about a week later, part of the I'm a failure, oh, and one of the cops said, well, how many men have you slept with prior to this? I'm like, what? like is this a question you ask someone, right? So, and then, and then wanted to know what I was wearing and what I had done to provoke this. So the line of questioning was very much like, oh, this is my yeah. fault. I did something right. right. And it wasn't till years later, which is actually a really common thing I've I've learned. And all this to say, what's going to shoot me into what I do now? But um, yep, you know that I learned that most assault victims don't come forward right away, and a lot of times it's because of that shame, that guilt, that like those feelings that you know, what will others think of me? All the things, and so and it's different for everybody, of course. But we yeah. energize those feelings and emotions the more that plays within us and it becomes part of then who we are who we identify as and so it wasn't until about two years later where I literally woke up one night in the middle of the night like somebody just knocked me over the head and was like girl this is not the life you are meant to live like get up do something right like stop living in this victim pity kind of space and I had made during that time frame a lot of decisions that I don't believe I would have made had that experience never happened to me because I just right. kind of trauma brain I, I didn't believe in myself and I'm just then there kind of like when you overeat and then an hour later yeah. you're like what does it yeah what does it matter I mean if that's your head those are your thoughts and emotions right. and you're making your decisions yeah. and taking action based on on that right. so it right. aligns yeah. How old were you when morning. this happened? Like where, like where are we age wise? 22. Yeah. Okay, 20, 22. Okay. Um, so I was a year out of college at that point. Um, yeah. So it was kind of all everything at once. Right. So then, but then here's what kicked. I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare. Um, yeah. and I had gotten my certified strength and conditioning, um, certification and was working with some of the soccer uh, teams in Arizona doing strength and conditioning. I was working at a PT clinic as a tech, uh, but knew there was more, but I was really enjoying that. I was an athlete. So I loved working in that space. Right. Absolutely. And then um, got out of that space for a little bit, went into like medical sales and that just wasn't for me. And that's when I realized like, Oh girl, like you've got to like really figure this out. And so, um, <laughs> 
PT school was, was right there in front of me and I was super stoked. So I went back, um, it was about 10 years after undergrad that I went back and went to grad school. And uh, in that, you know, I kind of thought like orthopedics, pediatrics, like had no idea you guys that like pelvic and sexual health even existed as a modality. Oh yeah. Let alone I had had pain since the assault, dysfunction since the assault and had no idea there was help for it. So I was shocked to say the least when a guest lecturer came in during grad school and started talking about pelvic floor Mostly it was like pregnancy, um, postpartum OB type sure. stuff, but like integrated that pelvic piece. And I was like, uh-huh. what? So that ultimately is then what like, <laughs> you're making a hard left here. Like forget orthopedics in a sense, right? Forget the pediatric yeah. side of things, which is funny because I work with athletes and kids still, but um, yeah. And like pelvic health throughout. So I started doing um, all the pelvic health coursework uh, outside our curriculum, PT school curriculum didn't teach it. So I was doing it outside of the curriculum. And um, so when I graduated, yeah. though, I had had finished enough of the curriculum to be able to start right away in the public sexual health arena, if you will. Okay. And then Which, it was like, yeah. I was just going to say that arena is so it, it's in such a high demand. Huh? They is, are yeah. looking for, I mean, it takes, mm-hmm. it can take three months to get into a practitioner that specializes in that area. This is yeah, what I least. has just yeah. been relayed to mm-hmm. me recently. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, what the what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I, I hope one thing that you guys can take away from today is just the, the awareness of the variation of those practitioners, just like with anything, um, yeah. you know, there's some who are very, it has to be internal um, you know, internal, every time you come in, we're working with the muscles and the fascia and the pelvis. And then there's other avenues where you're looking into how the whole person connects. And is there something up the chain that's actually affecting the floor? So we could get into all of that, but, um, it was, it was actually in that first year where I was, I was seeing patients in, in the pelvic health arena with pelvic, specific diagnoses and it there was a handful of them that they're just it didn't it's like if it doesn't walk like a duck or quack like a duck it's probably not a duck kind of thing right so that traditional model although wonderful there was a a population it wasn't working for yeah myself included at some level and so I was like ah there's more right there there's there's, more there is more to us than just this like you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then you do that. And it's like, Oh yeah, that works for some. And it is powerful for some, but what about the like 70, 80% that it's not working for? Yeah. I, it's so amazing that, well, I mean, intuitively you discovered that you said in your first year of practice. Mm -hmm. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I would say too, in my first few years, first couple years of practice, I knew there was more. I always mm-hmm. knew there was more. Mm-hmm. Now, not specifically about the pelvic health, but about, you know, right. outpatient Just the orthopedics. Body. Yeah. Right. And like somebody comes to you with back pain or somebody comes to you with knee pain and, yeah. and you've got a system that you're like, Hey, there's a symptom, but there's a source of why that's happening. And so exactly. going and investigating what the sources are. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, even though you've got the biomechanical, the, you know, the physiologic reef, like it makes sense. This is, this mm-hmm. is, these are all the different things mm-hmm. that contribute to the back pain or knee pain. The person still doesn't get all better. Right. You know, and they're why? doing they're Yep. And then mm-hmm. that's when the question comes mm-hmm. like, 
-hmm. what's going on here? And then of course there are, I don't know if you had this, but the question of, gosh, am I doing it? Am I doing it well enough? Like, you know, maybe, you know, (laughs) know, like, of course we have to have our own head drama, but, but still, I think what you said is that you felt something, you just knew intuitively there was something more, which Mm -hmm. then led you further than tell us, tell us about that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I got connected in, so in, in and around that time, um, my husband and I met, we got pregnant with our son who's now eight and a half and, um, all the pain that I had been able to get managed during the pregnancy and especially the delivery and then postpartum, like, holy cow, like it was all starting from scratch. Right. So then it oh, was man. even more so this, okay, there's, there really is more. How does this all, so that was all about the same timing. So then I got um, introduced into the Baral Institute's work and um, Jean-Pierre Baral is a DO out of France and he um, gets into visceral, vascular, the neuromeningeal system, um, lymphatics, uh, manual articular. So it's really taking what we already know as PTs and literally putting it on steroids and seeing how everything connects and seeing how, um, you know, what it, what is optimal for your organ system, your visceral system, like every organ should move at seven cycles per minute without us doing anything. That's just like we breathe in and out, right? The organ should move and that's how it communicates with the brain and that's how it, um, functions and, and mobility. And so, you know, we think of like women who might have some urinary leaking. So leaking of urine and it's sure. Could there be a pelvic floor weakness? Yeah, absolutely. But is the pelvic floor weakness, the issue, the primary driving issue or is the actual organ of the bladder doesn't have that inherent motion that it needs, or even a step further is, is it carrying some kind of connection to emotions? So the bladder typically is an emotion of control. And okay. so we see that in various time frames of a woman, we'll just say women, um, you know, like maybe they're empty nesters or um, maybe their kids are finally off to school and they are trying to transition into a job or maybe they're having marital problems and there's this feeling of like I'm not in control or I don't have control over or maybe it was in childhood right and they were controlled by like a parent or someone else and so is the bladder actually going into spasm and in in this hypertonic state which means tighter spastic state as a result of more of the emotional driving force so there's lots to look at, right? It's not just, oh, you're leaking urine, do some Kegels and call it a day and in eight weeks, you'll feel better. God, it just doesn't work most of the time, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So my gosh, it's so crazy. Was incredibly profound for myself, but then how I practice And then, of course, it's just expanded from there. I've gotten into um, the D'Ambrosio Institute does energetic balancing. So that's really taking more of the like energy, deep energy systems and uh, like the Dantians, the chakras, the auras, the um, meridians and being able to ensure that you have flow or movement, if you want to call it, in all of your systems. So like you're a river, right? But if your lymphatic system is clogged and not flowing, how does that affect you down the chain, 
right? If you have a vascular compression somewhere, how does that affect you throughout the chain? So throughout your whole system, you just got headbutted. This actually happened. You got headbutted by a, you know, a sheep. <laughs> I live in Idaho, you guys. Um, you got <laughs> headbutted by a sheep and now you have all this testicular or vaginal pain and you, and you don't know why, and it's what has happened to your system at that location, like a kink in the hose, right? At that location yeah. where the sheep got you, or, you know, the soccer slide tackle got you, or the football helmet hit you in the, in the kidney or whatever it is. And how does that affect your physical function as well as yeah. just any of your functions based on that blockage or that congestion or that kink in the hose, if you will. So depending on what system we're looking at, um, and so it's really a matter of saying, okay, yeah, you have this symptom, you have this dysfunction happening. We hear you. Yes, it's real, but why is it there? Exactly. Mm. And I just, I know that Tracy and I, you know, we, we stepped away from the clinical model of physical therapy um, it, because of the frustration of you know, one, we're forced to practice a particular way, which right. then didn't align right. with how we wanted to be able to have enough time to treat the whole person, right? Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. back pain, knee pain, it's a presentation of something. Yes, it's a symptom of something. Yeah, exactly. What are, What is the source? But it isn't always the source. It's um, what are the sources, right? There's more mm -hmm. than one component most yeah. often. And so getting the opportunity to be able to, to discover all of those different puzzle pieces to put mm -hmm. someone's picture together um, you know, the, the clinical setting, we just, we were discovering it. It just didn't allow that. Yes. And so then yeah. it was like, um, you know, that internal battle of like, Hey, I have so oh, much to offer, yes. but I'm not, I'm not able, I'm not able Confined, to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well then now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. It's you know? bridging so, that insurance yeah. dictated. You, yes. can only, you can only do these things. You only have this amount of time. And if it's, you know, an ankle, then in that population, they should be better in six visits. So you only have six visits. And you're like, well, yeah, but there's so much more to the human being and the human body that maybe six visits isn't enough. Or maybe we need to work outside of the box of the ankle and look up the chain, what's happening, you know, through that entire global system, not just that local lesion that's expressing symptoms, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess I hear us saying, you know, you and I and, and Tracy, our minds are already outside of the box mm -hmm. looking at something completely different. Whereas you go into a traditional physical therapy clinic, whether it's a, an outpatient clinic or a women's health clinic, and there's just kind of certain procedure. This is, mm -hmm. this is gonna, this is how it goes. Right. Yes. And the patient, the client doesn't know any different. Right. And, and then they don't, they just don't know any different. They're mm -hmm. there because they were told to go there for some different reason. They referred there and the clinic takes their insurance. Most, you know, like, you know, it's kind of yeah. the sheep just being led. Um, and okay. so, you know, I feel like our, our perspective on someone's health is so elevated. Like how, how can we help that person that, that, I don't know, like mm -hmm. they don't, they don't see it. Right. I mean, how do people get to you? They, they don't get to you like out of the starting gate, like, Oh, I've no. got this <laughs> Do Dr. B Fox. She's your, yeah. she's your woman. You know, yep. when, when yep. somebody gets headbutt and they, and they have a, a concussion, right? Like, Oh, Dr. Fox is your, is your bet. 
Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a traditional way that injuries or body presentations are going to be managed. And so, um, tell, tell us, I guess, (laughs) tell us like how people find you, like, you know, well, I think it's usually their word of mouth, right? Like you have your best friend who, um, knows what I do and what it feels like and looks like. And then therefore, you know, it's having a chit chat at coffee and is like, Oh, I didn't know you're having this problem. You need to go see her. Right. So of course there's that. I think for me, you know, the, it's hard because coining myself as pelvic health, pelvic and sexual health. Um, I really struggled initially because a lot of patients, um, they have this idea based on TikTok, based on social media, based on what they've been told that immediately, like we said earlier, because you're leaking urine or you have this pelvic pain or you have infertility that, oh, you need to do Kegels. And then they're like, yeah, well, I tried those and they didn't really work for me. Or their doctor told them like, oh, you just squeeze. It's like, yeah, 80% of women actually don't have that motor coordination down there because they've never had to do it nor have they been shown how to do it. Right. Um, But I think they come in with kind of this idea of more of that true physical therapy, like it's going to be a session or two a week for eight weeks, and you're going to put a glove digit inside and do internal work. And I'm going to go home and do a bunch of Kegels. And then therefore, eight weeks from now, I'm better. And, um, and so initially, the people who do come in that mind frame, you know, it's a lot of education, um, especially after assessment, here's what's going on in your system. And I think um, I've kind of off topic a little bit, but I think um, too, what happens is when they realize for someone who does have more going on, let's say the emotional side of things, maybe they've had a trauma, some kind of assault or abuse, um, you know, sexual experience that wasn't pleasant or um, it could be any trauma though. Like in trauma, yeah. right? We have the capital T trauma. We have the little T trauma. There's all kinds of trauma. We've all yeah. had something. We've all had something that um, our body keeps the score, right? There's a book on that. Yep. Uh, our yep. tissues hold the truth. And so sometimes um, when they hear that there's, it's not just this like black and white, like, oh, I do 60 Kegels a day and then I'm better. They don't want to relive it. They don't want to go through it. They don't want to address it. They just would rather shove it to the back of the sock drawer and never have to think about it again. But the problem with that is that it's going to remain there and it's going to continue to at different points, express itself. And so even if you start to feel better, but that driving factor, let's say is emotional, a year down the road, something else happens, some kind of external trigger might trigger that up and then you're right back in the same spot. So there's that cycle or that re-injury that happens. So I think for me to answer your question is most of my clients are either word of mouth or they're literally at their wits end and they will- They don't care what I do as long as they feel better. <laughs> it's kind yes. of that idea. Um, you know, and I am cash pay. So I'm fee for service. And some people, you know, that exchange rate is exactly in its right exchange rate for what you're receiving when you're ready. And so I think the other part of that is, is they have to be willing to believe in themselves and know that they're worth the investment. You might only see me two, maybe three times um, versus, you know, every week for eight weeks and you haven't addressed the problem. Right. So it's different. And I think depending on what model of, I've seen a naturopath, I've done alternative care and I, I recognize how it serves me. 
then they're more apt to just jump right in. But sometimes there's a little hesitancy because I am different. Yeah, I love, um, I love that about you talking about, you know, you step out of the clinic, which is again, this, this healthcare insurance based model, right? So it sets up expectations of like, Hey, I'm here. My, you know, my health insurance is paying for it. You're expecting a certain care level. Um, And let's say it, you know, a person, it doesn't work for them. Right. And then Mm -hmm. what? And then they go to a different clinician somewhere else. They try, uh, maybe instead of a PT, it's a, it's a Cairo. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so they end up, it sounds like the, the person that you help is they've tried a lot of different practitioners that all in themselves could have been good. Totally. Like, absolutely. If you, if there's only one or two of the puzzle pieces being addressed and not fully integrated Right. The, the person just can't get over whatever the chronic situation is that they're being limited by. Right. right. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I believe, you know, it, it's just like anything, a surgeon, they're going to want to do surgery, right? A yep. orthopedic manual physical therapist, more often than not, if that's what they're trained in, that's what they tend to go with because they're good in it. And they might be in the area doing the things that actually your body needs. So here's another piece is like, they might be doing the exact right thing, but there's still this blockage up the chain. Yeah. Yep. So you're doing the internal pelvic fascial and muscle um, releases and you're learning biofeedback and you're doing some Kegels for some strengthening and support and you're learning how to functionally move and engage all wonderful things. But what if your diaphragm up the chain is in a hypertonic or spastic state? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like putting a, you know, a, a tight belt on. You're still going to have all this pressure coming down. I don't care if you do 80, 100 Kegels a day. Yeah. At some point, your body's going to give way, right? It's like I, I tell patients, it's like if this was like a 20 pound dumbbell and I, and I had you hold it like this for the next 10 minutes, at some point you're going to start to, to lose that strength. Right. So if, if I'm a pelvic floor patient and there's something up the chain that is restricted and creating a block, therefore creating pressure changes, girl, your floor is going to give way. Eventually it doesn't matter how strong it might be, you know? And then, and that's the other thing is like a lot of internal examinations are you in supine you're in supine which means you're on your back so then you're not even functional you know so if you're an athlete and you're doing things in a functional position and you're losing control in that functional position but I lay you on your back and assess you that's a whole different ball game my friends right yeah so there's a lot to think about when it comes to that but I like how you said it's really just taking in like all the puzzle pieces because yeah. there's very rarely one, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I just, I think our healthcare model, our medical model, it sets, it sets our expectations up to think that it's one thing. Like I'm correct, looking for correct. the diagnosis, therefore <laughs> this is the treatment or even, you know, right. Trace and I have, you know, branched out in this health coaching thing, like, oh my Lord, what's health coaching? You know, <laughs> is it the perfect exercise plan or the perfect right. eating routine? No. <laughs> you know, what is it? And um, yeah, just the expectation is that it's the one thing, or, right. you know, it's, it's A plus B equals C. 
And what I hear you saying, and what I know Trace and I are always thinking from this headspace is that we're so integrated. Yeah. We as human beings, we're, we're really complex. <laughs> and if you uh, are, are having limitations in your health, in your body, in your life, in your relationships, right? Because there's something going on. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, it's all interconnected. It's going to come out in some way, shape or form, and yeah. you're going to be held back in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, I, and, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and kind of speaking on more of the health coaching side of things and let's just even use the words weight loss. Yeah. There's so much that goes into that. Right. But yeah, you know, I've seen clients where they have struggled with their weight, maybe since they were a kid. And it doesn't matter if they do all the right things and they have the science behind it. It's how do they talk to themselves? How is their endocrine system functioning? How are their hormones functioning? Right. Like, again, we go back to like, there's so much more to the puzzle. Um, But how do they, do they have this underlying subconscious? Maybe they, they were made fun of when they were a child because they were of a heavier disposition. And so in their mind, they, think I don't deserve better. I will always be this way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that yeah. subconscious, which is 80% of our thoughts, you guys is yeah. now I'm 44 years old. And I still deeply deep down there in the baggage, believe that I will never, I'm never going to be worthy of feeling or looking good. I don't deserve it. I will always be a certain weight or size or whatever. Right. I'm the big girl yeah. in the family. I'm the t- whatever. And so, you know, here it is, this, this thing, trauma, set this belief system when you're a child and that belief system is so ingrained in you that it continues to carry through all of your decision-making. And those are the people too, that like get into a program and they're two weeks in and they're feeling good and I'm on this. And then all of a sudden, like literally overnight, they just sabotage it all. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't believe you're worth it. Yep. And you don't even know that you have that story programmed for Pete's sake. This is the, this is the beauty of our brains. Keep us safe and comfortable. And so you figure your brain figures out a way to manage, Mm -hmm. you know, those words and how you were made to feel as a kid. And then there's compensation patterns and that that you don't even know are compensation patterns, right? It's just, it's, it's so crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. The, tell us about, so we just had th- this word trauma, right? Mm-hmm. I know like we're, we're talking elevated and outside of the box. And so we might've already li- lost some listeners, but this That's word, okay. this trauma, like um, mm-hmm. tell us about the big T and the little T because mm-hmm. I think most people go trauma. Well, I didn't witness someone die. I didn't go to war, you know, like right. what, what is, mm-hmm. what constitutes as trauma? Great question. And I want to say the big T and the little T constitute as trauma. They still have the same word, right? Um, And they can be interchanged. Absolutely. I think what happens in some people is they want to minimize their own story um, because they're minimizing themselves at some level. And so I might look at my life and be like, yeah, but Jess, she went through this, this, and this. Like, that's way worse. I'm totally okay. Yeah. Right. And that's part of that, like justifying that it's and kind of suppressing it and ignoring it. Oh, I just like, I'm just going to get over it. It's fine. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, trauma 
because that word I think um, has its own stigma to it, right? Like yeah. sexual assault is a trauma. Sure. Witnessing a death is a trauma. Sure. But you know what else is, is you're in eighth grade and you and your best friend are getting your math results back and you got a 80% on the test and she got a 98. She's like, see, Jess, I told you, you would never be good at math. I'm better than you. That is in its own way trauma because how you perceive it in that moment, how you take in those words, take in the, the feelings, the emotions that come from whether it's your best friend or just a parent, even we see that, right? Like focusing on like what you did wrong. Um, So those are all things that are going to traumatize your child brain enough that are going to create a belief system in that moment. And as children, we have immature brains, right? So we're taking a snapshot. It might not be what that person meant. It might not be what mom or dad meant or your best friend meant or the guy down the street meant, but how did you take it? And then how does your body then store that? So your tissue will hold on to that truth, even when you've quote unquote forgotten about it. And so how does your every decision, your um, environment that you create around you is all intentional. This is all subconscious. So you're not like intentionally doing it, Um, but it's Mm -hmm. all intentional to feel familiar, to repeat that familiarity for comfort, right? Because we want comfort, even when consciously we're like, my dad was an alcoholic. My first husband was an alcoholic. It took me 20 years to divorce him. I will never do that again. And then five years later, you find yourself with an alcoholic. Yeah. Because it's familiar. It's familiar, right? And deep down that young girl that grew up with a certain belief system based on being in a household with an alcoholic or being exposed to that alcoholic will carry that through until, until it's rewired, it's addressed, it's cleared. You know, we can't destroy um, the energy, especially, um, you know, it's, it's, we can't just completely clear it out, but we can like transmute it or transform it to give it so that it doesn't have this charge to it. Right. Somebody says like, Oh, your hair looks terrible today. You're like, cool. Thanks. Versus like, wait, what? Right. So it's the the reaction, the charge to it is much different when we can kind of neutralize it for lack of better words. Yeah. It's so, I mean, I I feel like we could talk forever on this and just totally geek out. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about like the person who's listening that this could be kind of the first time Mm -hmm. that they hear, they hear uh, about like, whoa, yeah, you know, the things that have been holding me back in my health could actually be more than, you know, yeah. Yeah. my ongoing back pain, right, that I've had for years. And I have an MRI to show that I have degenerative disc disease. And, oh, but of course, you know, like, yeah, you know, um, it, so there are those physical manifestations, you talked about the, you know, the, um, the tissues hold the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, for health to really be at its, its highest level, right? You talk about vibrations, right? Yeah. It, you, there has to be an integration with mm-hmm. the, the mind brain body connection, exactly. right? Because mm-hmm. it integrates everything as us, as yeah. a human being, mm-hmm. we're not animals. We are humans and we have 
um, you know, a different role on this earth. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, not to make it sound complicated, like, oh man, that's, it's way too complicated to get healthy then. Um, but I, I feel like we just want to open the minds of those folks that, man, if you've just been dealing and dealing and dealing, I mean, there, there (laughs) is hope. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. If, if it's okay, I'll give an analogy that I think yeah, for, for anyone, whether they're advanced in this awareness or they're brand new, like, whoa, what are they talking about? Hopefully this will help. Um, so think of yourself as a river. Okay. And from the time you were conceived, you know, your, your river is there. So just like a river is down the street and around the Boise River is like a mile from my house, right? So the river, we want it to flow. If you think about sitting at a river, watching the water just flow, it's beautiful, it's calm, right? There's all these amazing pieces to a flowing river. What happens when that river stops flowing? Right, so you collect debris, maybe a dam closed, right? So maybe there's closure of a dam, maybe a big old tree fell in and now the water's kind of like lessened, you know, and it's having to figure out how to kind of go over the tree or under the tree. And so the course of how the flow is changes. Yeah, And in that, the beaver builds a dam, debris starts to collect. You could even think, you know, especially for the Arizona people, like your swimming pool, how the big storm comes in and now you have these leaves and all this debris and it's like, oh, now I got to go out and sweep my pool, right? So from literally the time you're conceived up until right now, anything and everything that hasn't flowed through if especially if your river has some kind of blockage so emotional mental behavioral physical blockage that's like a dam and so now it's stagnant it's congested it's fluffy it's inflamed it's collecting more debris because there's no flow to clear it out right and so at the end of the day all of that collection is now amplifying the disease or dysfunction And so it really is this idea of just one exercise regimen or just one diet or just one, you know, let's say PT course of eight weeks for my knee. What about all the other stuff? Yeah. If my, if my knee is down the river and what's blocked is from my concussion Mm -hmm. as a soccer player or as a whatever, back when I was 12 years old, and I have a blockage here, am I getting healing properties down to my knee? So even if that person is doing the right things to treat my knee, do I have the proper flow that helps that healing? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great, great analogy. Um, Again, this, what we've talked about today I don't think is going to resonate with the person who is the traditional model works, right? You you tweaks your shoulder, lifting something into, you know, and it's an impingement syndrome and you go to therapy, you do some cuff exercises and like, oh my gosh, I'm fixed up. Right. Right. That's, you know, we're, and that's wonderful. Good for you. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's great. Your body was able to heal. You, you looked at the the sources of the issue and, and help to, to remedy that and provide mm-hmm. a solution, mm-hmm. which hopefully will be integrating some kind of long-term uh, integration, <laughs> right. which is a whole other topic. Right. Um, 
but I, again, we're, we're speaking to the person who's just had the, the pain or the limitation going on for a long time and, and the, and all doing all the right things and seeing all the best of the best people, or maybe not the best of the best people, but you sure. just, yeah. it seems like the medical model, like, oh, now you need to go see this person or, you know, this is or put you on this, this medication or, you know, like all the mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and, and you might just, you might need to see Dr. Fox guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or someone like me. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, just, like just know there's about, other modalities. Yeah. Yeah. There's just more out there than just what we're, we're sold uh, by, by and where our insurance, model. right. Or where our insurance yep. directs us. Cause at the end of the day, there are yep. some limitations to that. Right. Um, yeah. that I could not work in what I do just like you and Tracy can't in an insurance-based model because they dictate how I treat and what I can do. And then therefore it's not authentic to what you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love how you, you spoke about, you know, your work and, and our health coaching work too, it's, it's cash pay, um, mm -hmm. which really makes someone, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And I know there's something more for me and I'm mm -hmm. willing to pony up the money because mm -hmm. my goodness gracious, I'm worth it. I'm worth the mm -hmm. investment and I'm worthy of feeling healthier. Yeah. Skin in the game, right? And yeah. that, that underlying belief system, I think, too, when you're handing over the cash, if you will, it's this investment, you're going to be more invested, you're going to follow the integration program, you're going to show up in a different mindset than, you know, I show up, I'm with my PT for 15 minutes, my insurance covers that I don't really have to think anything yeah. beyond that. Maybe I do my home program, maybe I don't, there's a whole different mindset that shows up when there's a little skin in the game versus not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which that's how it should be. You should be in yeah. charge of your body. You should take ownership of what's going on. There've been a lot of things mm -hmm. that make a person feel not in control, right? But but there's a difference between controlling and having ownership and then, you know, exploring mm -hmm. what, what are the things, you know, to I help that. find that. Yes. Because yeah. yeah, like I, I didn't, yes, I was raped. I didn't ask yeah. for that. I didn't control that. But now it's my responsibility, me taking ownership of my health journey to know that I am moving in the right directions to help me be the best I can be. And then therefore I'm helping everyone around me, my family, my, my tribe, my patients be the best yeah. they can be because I can serve. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That whole ripple effect. I, you know, the, gosh, we can, we can talk so long, um, you know, just like, I think we should do a, another, another cast sometime about this I'm whole worthiness piece. Right. Cause oh, I think yes. women, women in particular, where we're givers and we're servers and we're, we're role fillers, right. We're doing all the things. And then it gets uncomfortable when we have to look at ourselves and consider ourselves worthy and have value. Um, which, you know, like is a whole other topic, um, yeah. plan but, for an hour for that guy. Yeah, I know. For the, I mean, that could be like a series, the value series, self-value series. Right. Um, okay. So, um, I'm trying to think what I wanted to say as we wrap this up, cause we could definitely talk forever and ever tell us about one client that you've seen in the last two weeks, um, 
they came to you for what issues and how were you able to begin helping them? Just to kind of give our listeners like, okay, um, I'm going to go to Dr. B. Fox's website and I'm going to read all this stuff. I, is this me? Is this me? Or should mm-hmm. I, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. if, if you can within HIPAA. Yes. <laughs> compliance, yeah, 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 you yeah know? of course. And I always like to kind of play around with stuff. So um, recently I had a patient come in and she's um, very high level business owner, does, you know, very, very productive, very accomplished and um, likes to come in for what we call oil changes because she knows she needs a tune up uh, just to keep everything flowing, keep the dance yes, open, keep, all the things, right? Keep the flow, so, yeah. She was complaining of, of recent gastrointestinal, like digestive stuff, where all of a sudden she just like, it was like overnight, everything halted. She feels bloated. She has low energy. She's fatigued. She's not sleeping well. Um, and then starts having this uterine cramping, which she's never really had before. So then it triggers her to think down her family line of uterine fibroids. And oh my gosh, am I going to have to have a hysterectomy? Am I done having children? Am I not done having children? just this spiral, right? Yeah. Massive spiral. And so, um, for her, we ended up having three different priorities that we had to work on. Number one was she was actually paralyzed in her head brain. So we have three brains, head, heart, and belly and our head brain. And I have a YouTube video on this, so I I can always send just the link and it's like 18 minutes of education of what the three brains are, but it comes from a group called body talk, but, um, the head brain being kind of that go, 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 do, 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 like how we live in 2023, right? Just like all the things and like, everybody's got to be everywhere and I'm late and this and that. And did I grab lunch? And uh, uh, that's the head brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you have your heart brain and you have your gut brain. And that, so I always bring it back into sports, right? So I have three players playing 3v3 soccer. Got my head brain, my heart brain, my belly brain. And the head brain is like a ball hog, not passing trying to do all the things, very egotistical and not including the other two. Well, you're not going to be successful as a team if your head brain is doing all the work, right? So how do we then connect all three brains so that you're, you're grounded, you're centered, your thinking, decision-making and clarity are all coming from a place of center versus fact, right? She was so closed off here. And part of that, you know, could have been like this whole spiral of like family history of hysterectomies and what if, and then, then she, you know, she's got life situations going on and um, the kids at home acts and the, and the, and the husband, this and, and parents. And she's a high, you said she's a high performer, right? Right. Type A, get it done, do the thing, running your own business, successful woman. So cut to, so that, so head brain paralyzed, like damn clothes, nothing flowing, like Think of like literally like decapitated, right? So literally wow. nothing is flowing beyond that. Once we open that up, flow initiates, then we got into the reproductive organs and mm-hmm. you know, there was a consciousness of release um, in her ovaries. So needing to release some different things that are going on in her life. But the idea of like releasing that, those things, meaning clearing them out transforming yeah. how you look at them, how you hold them, how much depth they carry, um, as well as her reproductive organs, that inherent motion, that seven cycles per minute, that natural movement, like 
basically frozen one cycle or less at best. Right. So now she's got this, like, think of it like a hard brick in her pelvis. So how she walks around that, how her spine moves around. Think of when you're pregnant, right. And you kind of waddle around your uterus, especially with, with twins. Right. You know that you're like, Oh, I got to move around this big old thing. Same idea. So now physically she's exhausted and everything up the chain is shifting because her pressure systems are shifting, how she's moving is shifting, how she's functioning is shifting. So we had to clear some of the the consciousness and emotions from the reproductive organs and and then increase through manual therapy um, that inherent motion or that natural movement cycle of her reproductive organs and, and then reground her, make sure she literally is like, all three players on the field, everything is centered and, and moving together so that she's got clarity. She's got energy and it takes a few days. Our bodies are kind of like a snow globe. Yeah. So treatment occurs and it's like, whoa, everything that was paralyzed or frozen is now like, oh, hey, right. But it, it over a three to five day time period, everything will settle and she'll have this like, increased energy she has her creativity and her mojo back she feels like oh okay sweet I'm productive again I'm doing all the things and I'm not holding all this like heavy emotions based on x y and z yeah so. did she, and she didn't know she was holding some of those emotions right yeah. I mean she knew yeah. that she like the she was stressing about the whole family history uterine fibroids and all yes. that but yeah yes yeah that's it she she was very logical and like this is going on. This is going on. I also am having these thoughts about the uterine fibroid situation. So she was aware of these things are on my mind, but not yeah. really to the capacity at which they were affecting how her system function and flowed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Guys, anyone listening to this, <laughs> listen to your body. Tracy and I say mm-hmm. this all the time. I mean, we always mm-hmm. say, we say it, uh, as it relates to when we're moving our body, you know, with purposeful movement, AKA exercise, you know, listen to your body. What is it telling you? Do you, do you want to go heavier weights today? Do you need to modify the range of motion? You know, do you need to Mm -hmm. not do that kind of workout today? But I mean, what you're seeing is that man, oh man, please listen to your body and tune in, you know, don't explain things away or, you know, like, cause it's telling you something that it's just yeah. so intuitive and it's trying mm. to tell you something and, and uh, frequently it's pain, right? Yeah. Cause pain is what's going to get your attention. Right. And so yep. it's, I always say it's like the toddler pulling on your shirt, like mom, mom, mom. Yeah. If you don't recognize it and acknowledge it, what happens? Yeah. Mom, mom, right. Like it gets louder. There's more of it. It's like, Bah-. and then finally you react, right. That's yeah. literally what we do. Whereas what if that toddler starts to pull mom, mom, and you address, yes, I see you. What are you trying to tell me? Oh, do I need to go lighter on my weights today? I'm capped at my energetic output. And if I go heavy, I'm going to deplete myself or whatever. Right. So yes, it it really is tuning in. It's listening to that toddler pulling on your t-shirt, if you will, for, for the moms out there. Or just the idea of a mood ring is the other analogy I'll use is this idea of like, what is my body telling me? What is this mood ring telling me? Do yeah. I need to take a day where I maybe just go for a 20 minute walk instead of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, doing a whatever workout. So, yeah. which again, in this culture may feel and sound really counterintuitive people. Yeah. Cause I'm not doing yeah. enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man, I just, I love getting the opportunity, the time to speak to you and, um, and just get, just know a little bit more about your brain space and your heart space and, and just how you are serving in this health and, you know, mind, Fox mind, body wellness, right. Serving at a higher level, um, with greater impact than you ever could in the clinic. And you were a rock star clinician. But again, you knew, you listened, and there was something more. And we're so appreciative that you are, you're continuing on that evolving journey, right? We were talking about the evolving journey before we started recording, like, oh yeah, (laughs) who am I? What do I do? Who do I serve? You know, all of that kind of stuff. Right. And we're ever Um, evolving. Yes. So thank you. Oh yeah. And then being able to embrace that evolving, right. And not get frustrated. Like it's not the same as it used to be. And you know, Oh, we could talk about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we sure could. Uh, All right. So we've got some great stuff that we will put in the show notes. I know you mentioned like the three, the three brains resource from body talk. Um, Where can people connect with you real quick? We'll put this in the show notes too, but. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So my website is drbfoxco.com backslash Fox wellness. And that's where you can get access to um, blog and and clinical stuff and all the things, um, including links to Facebook and Instagram. I also have a podcast that I do with another practitioner. So um, all of that is linked within that website, but on Facebook, I'm Brianne Fox and on um, Instagram, it's Dr. B Fox Co. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So before we, we sign off, we always like, you know, what are, what are we loving? Um, Mm. anything that we find, you know, supports our health in any way. And that could be purely emotional. (laughs) It could be the chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) That was just like, yeah, now what this served a purpose. Oh my goodness. Um, but what is there something that comes to mind? I know we I forgot to yeah. remind you of this. No, that's okay. I remember when Tracy did this and I and I had just forgotten, but um well two things immediately come to mind. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with it, okay, you guys. So one, I like to drink my water out of something fun and pretty. Okay. Don't ask me why. So I use this like kind of you guys can see this like iridescent wine glass. Yeah. Um, yes. So for whatever reason, I tend to drink more water when I have this beautiful glass. Um, same like at night, like if you're a wine person, but you're trying not to have wine that night or whatever, like for whatever reason, it's more of just the habit of nourishing myself in that way. Um, I love it. Yeah. So that, that one's been a fun one for me. And then, um, I think the other iridescent glasses, is that glass? glass Oh no, that's like glass. I think it's that like Rachel Zoe brand or, um, Rachel Dunn, maybe the, um, like TJ Maxx, Ross, like, yeah, Yeah. you don't need, yeah. And they come in like a section of four. Right. So yeah, even when I I have girlfriends come by the house and like give them water and wine glass, it's wonderful. Um, yeah. So for me, it's just, it's just one of those things that helps me, um, I think the other thing that coming from a place of like having every eating disorder on this green earth was really being able to look at myself in the mirror and tell myself empowering things, um, whether it's, I love you, right. Or you're rocking or, you know, something not external. Cause I could focus on all the things I don't love about my body in that moment, but I'm choosing to focus on more of who I am, like my deeper Um, I'm present and loving human being that kind of idea so but just even that like I connection um, has been just 
impactful for me. Hard, hard as heck at the beginning. <laughs> like so hard yeah. to do that. And it felt How really long have you been doing that? Years now, years. And I know oh, Mel good. Robbins came up with this like high five situation. Yep. I think she has a book on it where it's literally, I was like, oh, that's kind of the same idea as like, I'm high-fiving myself in the mirror. And how does that like bring up the, um, just the like elevation of how you look at yourself um, yeah. because you're reassuring yourself that like, girl, you're doing the thing, nuts, right? That kind of idea. So those would be my two things. I, think. I love it. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm going to have to start practicing that. I've seen people yeah. do the high-five stuff on socials and and of course, I've heard about, you know, the self affirmation, you know, statements. And um, so, yeah, that, that sounds amazingly powerful. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> based on, I, I have talked about this, this body, or this book, and, and you mentioned it, like the, the body keeps mm -hmm. the store mm -hmm. book, yep. right? Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly had been talking about this book for years without mm -hmm. even having the dang book referring people to it like you know totally. the body keeps the score have you ever heard of the yeah. book the body keeps the score well after piper sudden cardiac arrest uh eight weeks ago today Gosh, um like you know there were she was in the hospital i know it does seem like it was mm -hmm. forever ago mm -hmm. she was in the hospital 15 days in two of those days i was down and out with massive headache and vomiting and just couldn't mm -hmm. do anything i was like helpless i i wasn't able to contribute at all and mm -hmm. so that spurred me on to start reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score by, I don't know if it's Bessel or Bessel van der Kolk, MD. Yeah. Um, and it's been around, I mean, a long time. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, another, I guess, another insight as to our health is so integrated. You know, who mm -hmm. we are as healthy beings or not healthy beings is very, very integrated. So right. I'm, I'm loving it. It's like so yeah. insightful. I'm going oh, I'm yeah. to finish it and start reading it again and start taking notes. <laughs> yeah. And I had put this so. plug in when Tracy had asked me about the things, the, the things at the end was the book feelings buried alive, never die um, oh, by yeah. Carol Truman. And that one, I almost like better for some non-practitioners initially, because I feel like it speaks to the lay person a little bit better than, um, Vanderkolk's is it, it yeah, it's just a different layout yes. same idea right so you could go okay. either way and I think understand the the depths of how it's all interconnected for sure the it was called feelings buried alive never die yeah by Carol Truman okay I love it yeah. all right guys well I know okay. that this pod this cast has been a little bit longer than Tracy's and, and mine usually are but for all good reason and it <laughs> might be just exactly what you needed to hear today so um I will link all of Dr. B's information in the show notes um guys we love having you here we're honored to serve you yeah, for better health you. and remove the limits uh on whatever it is that might be holding you back mm -hmm. um and we would love to serve you so um, yes. Look in the show notes for our information and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Brianne. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Limitless Health. Our hearts are to provide you with realistic, relevant, and simplistic solutions for sustainable success in honoring your body and health. Even when your schedule's packed and life feels crazy, our desire is to shift your belief towards the possibility of your limitless health, whatever that looks like in any season. 
But what really gets us excited is connecting in real life and learning how we can support your unique health journey. So head on over to our Facebook community, Hardwired for Health, where we will continue the conversation online. And of course, we would be so grateful if you tagged us on social media, wrote a review, or shared this with a friend. Here's to you discovering your limitless health.